Welcome to episode 379 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I talk about the inner workings of the entertainment industry with those who have lived it and experienced it. I'm your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out last week's episode where I had the pleasure of chatting with comedian and actor Kevin Bartini. And for longtime listeners of the podcast, you might remember he was a guest on the show back in early 2015. I don't know the exact episode number off the top of my head, but it's somewhere in the 40 range because it was close to the one year anniversary of the show. And it's really mind boggling to think about that because here we are, you know, nine years later and we're about to hit the 380s as far as the episode number goes. But it was great getting to reconnect with him and also talk about his acting career, which is, you know, spun off of his career as a stand up comedian. So if you haven't yet, Really fun chat. Go back and check out that episode in the archives. For this week, I'm going to be chatting with actor Matt Hill. And you may not know his name right off the top of your head, but you definitely know his work and some of the numerous voices that he's provided throughout the course of his career. Of course, he was the voice of one of the Eds in the Ed, Ed and Eddie animated series. He's also provided voices for My Little Pony, Transformers, many other shows But the two roles that I really wanted to talk with him about, one, he was Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 uh, of the original live-action trilogy. I had thought he was the voice of Raphael in uh, that movie, but he was actually the performer inside the suit, which was really surprising and also fascinating to me because if you know the behind the scenes stories of how those movies were made those are almost as fascinating as the movies themselves so it was great getting to to pick his brain about that he did voice Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the next mutation live action series so we'd also talk about that but the other one is a show that if you listen to my other podcast Nerd Cave Retro you know that my co-host Jason and I are fans of the animated series Captain and the Game Master. Well, he was the voice of Kevin, the lead character in that show. And it was great to hear, you know, how he started his career in a very unique way. I will say that. And, you know, the behind the scenes stories of Ninja Turtles, of Captain N, and also the positive messages that he's trying to send, you know, through... Um, he's done a Ted talk, which was really inspiring, just a really happy, upbeat and positive person. And it was not to, to discount any of the guests that I've had on my show, but I I loved the positive energy that I could feel through the screen as he and I were chatting. So hopefully you all enjoy this conversation as much as I had of being a part of it. So here is my conversation with Matt Hill. Happy to be here with my very special guest this week, voice actor Matt Hill. Matt, how are you? Hey, Derek. It's awesome to be on your show, man. Thank you so much for having me and watching the shows all these years. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, there might be a couple of your favorites, possibly, and, you know, maybe a few of the other ones. But uh, whatever, I'm I'm, I'm here for you and uh, whatever, whatever you want to talk about, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, well, first awesome. of all, thank you for for agreeing to be on the show. You know, it yeah. is one that I think you might have the record for quickest response that I ever got as far as like sending your agent 
the information yes. and then you were almost instantly like, Hey, I'd love to be your show. So, so that's, that's really cool. Oh, well, you know what? It's my pleasure, man. My honor. And, uh, you know, like I say, it's funny when I'm, when I'm, uh, like a, a runner and a walker, I am definitely slow, like a turtle. Um, so, you know, all the rest of my life, I like to be, you know, get, get, get on it as fast as I can, you know, so. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So I, I always like to start the the conversations with this. You know, I yeah. primarily talk with you know, like actors, directors, those who work in TV and film. Yeah. What was it that made you want to become uh, an actor in the first place? Like, was there a particular moment that was almost like a light bulb that went off in your head? You're like, OK, this is what I want to do. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I'm of the generation uh, growing up watching um, a, a show called The Partridge Family. Um, and then on the Donnie and Marie Osmond show. So like, you know, talking like very, very early on in my life. Um, and I just had that, it's just, I don't know. It was like, a um, the, these hits of like, how do I do that? Oh my God, maybe I could, you know, like, yeah, have my family join a, you know, we could start a band and go on a bus and, you know, do this sort of stuff. My parents were like, how about no? Oh, uh, but, uh, I found another way to, you know, be a performer and stuff. But, uh, um, but it definitely was, you know, probably, the actual light bulb moment was when I was around 11 and, uh, and I went, okay, well, my life's half over. I don't know why I thought my life was half over at 11. Um, but I thought, you know what, you've been wanting to do this acting thing for so long, uh, that you better make it happen. So, uh, I, you know, did the old proverbial, um, Hey mom and dad, I'm too sick to go to school today. And as soon as they went to work, um, I took off and uh, went and found myself an agent and, um, you know, thank God, because she saw something in me that, uh, you know, she's like, she, I remember saying, either I'm delusional, crazy, or you've actually got something. But I just got a feeling about you, kid, because she thought, you know, no, not many 11 and 12 year olds show up and make their own appointments to, you know, come and say that, you know, they want to come and do this career that they've been wanting to do since they were born, you know. Um, so I, I'm very, uh, very, very grateful for a lady named Dorothy Boyce, who was my my first and um, only agency, actually. I've been with the same agency um, a long, long time. I mean, she passed away a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, I never forgot that, you know, she's like, but I love that because she said, but you got to take a course so that you don't let me down while I'm taking a chance on you. Uh, but, you know, if you if you do well, you know, you could do really, really well. And so every time I get a new gig, I'm like, thank you, Dorothy Boyce. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, you know, having that one pivotal person believe in me when i had like zero talent just a ton of enthusiasm like i said right it's you know it was uh but it but it really like she for sure just changed my life amazing and that that's insane that you've been with the same agency your entire oh, yeah. career you know in, in a especially I, in an age where things you know like, i feel like longevity is non-existent yeah. these days so that's that's a real rarity and a real like sign of loyalty yeah, have one, yeah you're right. one agency oh. throughout your whole career yep no absolutely i mean you know the agency itself has changed hands a couple of times but i've essentially been yeah with the same you know uh with the same folks of people you know um you know folks of agents and stuff and then you know some of their kids who were kids when i were was a kid are now agents and so it's just this kind of an incredible family you know that uh um, you know, I've been a part of for, I mean, God, I keep saying 35 years, but then I actually did the math a few weeks ago and it's, I'm actually officially 42 years in the biz now. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's it. And I'm, and I'm 105, so I'm just kidding, but you know, but it's, uh, well, yeah, it's been a, a wild, wild ride, my friend. Absolutely. So, 
so you you take this course and then after that how do you kind of get your foot in the door like what what were some of the first acting gigs that you had yeah actually that's so great because that was one thing i forgot to say about the beginning of the story was the day that i decided i was going to do this um i really did convince my i mean we all have done it right we when we you know we're like mom and dad <laughs> i'm too sick to go to school and you know they give you the old side eye like well okay you know better stay in and you know drink some soup or whatever and the second that they went um to work that's when I took off and I took the bus downtown an hour to go get my agent. Um, and then when I got back and she said, well, you know, you got to take this course so you don't let me down while I'm taking a chance on you. Cause I had no experience at all. Um, so when I got home that night, she phoned to confirm my participation in this course. And so my dad took the call and she's like, or he's like, what, do you, what course? What are you talking about? Is he sort of <laughs> looking over at me and I'm like, doo, 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 doo. and um, she, she's my dad unsigned me from that course. Uh, and then she re-signed me for the course saying, no, I have a feeling about your kid. Uh, there's just something about him. So I'll front him the money. He can pay me back um, when he starts working. Um, and so I did. I, I literally took that course and uh, within three weeks of, of uh, graduating, um, I did get my first gig and it was playing Santa's lead elf in the Christmas display downtown. Um, so, uh, you know, so it was sort of my version of being, you know, elf. Um, it was absolutely such a magical experience. You know, it's, um, you know, and also too, it's like, you know, you're 13 and I made more money in like a month that or the month of Christmas, let's say like three weeks of Christmas. Then I think I'd made my entire existence of being alive, you know, and so it was a really, it was a neat hit of, wow, you know, I, I have a great time. I meet amazing people. They bring, you know, food to the set, um, you know, and and I get to hang out with some of the coolest people on the planet, you know. And so um, it, it was a, it was a beautiful sort of kickstart to, you know, this 40 plus years. Um, I even I say that, it's like, I can't believe it's been 40 plus years. That That's what blows my mind, um, you know. Well, that had to be such a, a gratifying feeling when, you know, your agent re-signs you to the oh, course because of absolutely. You know, just this, this feeling yeah. that she had, like what, what was I your reaction it. when that happened? Well, I mean, I was gobsmacked to be honest with you, because, you know, my dad was this, um, just this wise, like he was my hero and I never wanted to upset my dad, but I knew he was really choked at me because I one lied, right. And said I was too sick to go to school. But then he was a little kind of going like, well, I don't know what to do, but he was an accountant. He's like, okay, you know, me being the age I was, I didn't have enough money to pay for the course. So that's why he said, well, you could be an actor, but you got to pay for it. Right. And and so that's why he unsigned me. And so then my, my to be agent, Dorothy was like, no, I really got a feeling about your kid, Mr. Hill. Um, you know, it was beautiful. It was like if Marge system, sorry, if Marge Simpson had a sister that was a chain smoker, that's what my first agent sounded like. Her name was Dorothy Boyce and she kind of, she was really gravelly and, you know, she had a bit of a wheeze and <laughs> she was an ex-model from New York and she was just such a beautiful angel of awesomeness. And, you know, um, she, she literally changed my life, you know? Um, and, you know, like I said, I took that first course and I sucked. <laughs> I, I was horrible. I remember the teacher going like, whew, okay, we got a lot of work to do with you, kid, you know? And so, yeah, I worked my butt off and, you know, it was, it was, it was neat to kind of in a way get that, um, lots of confirmations to just keep going, 
right? Um, and thank God that, you know, at that point in my life, I, I had a little, I had more, maybe, I don't know, I don't even know what you want to call it, but I definitely were, I wasn't, um, I wasn't overly confident in myself, but I was, um, but for some reason I was confident in what I, I really wanted to accomplish. And I think that really, I think in many ways, maybe that was the truth of why, you know, they said, Hey, you know what, let's, let's, let's take a chance on him. You know, so was, was it just so, like a general acting course? Yeah, it was, it was called the Ted Stitter school of acting. And it was, uh, it was downtown from the agency. Um, it was like, he was a lovely gentleman and uh, been in the business for a billion years. And uh, they, you know, they basically, he was like, Hey, stand here kid. Okay. Okay. Speak these lines. No, do it again. You know, no, do it again. And then when they'd get a take that, that they liked, um, you know, they, uh, they, they said basically I passed the audition or whatever. Right. And uh, you know, so yeah, 13 weeks in the Ted Stitter school of acting. I tell you, it, uh, you know, <laughs> it started it all. It was great. <laughs> so you've had a lot of, uh, notable roles throughout your career there's two specifically that i want to ask you about one is a show you did called captain and the game master Mm. Mm. thank you grew up a huge still to this day i'm a huge video game nerd and and so anything because like shows or movies about games were really hard to find back Um, then so when i had found this show that was about a kid who got sucked into a video game world and got to team up with Simon Belmont, Mega yeah. Man, got to fight Mother Brain. Yeah. How, how was, how did you land that role and how was your experience with it? Well, that was another uh, one of the firsts um, because it was, um, it, it, I mean, it wasn't my first say voiceover job, um, but it was my first, what I call sort of like the creme de la creme Saturday morning cartoon lineup. Um, because we didn't even, we didn't have cable, um, but I used to go to my my buddy's house um, down the street to watch um, you know American like U.S. shows and uh, you know so I knew what the Saturday morning cartoon lineup was and my agent you know sent me out for this one and uh, that's exactly it it was like you know because um, Captain or sorry Nintendo was I guess such a big deal to begin with um, you know but I had no idea because I didn't play video games right so to to get this part. All I knew was, again, as an actor, when I get a call from my agent saying you got the gig, here's for how many days you're going to be working. That's all I needed to know, you know, and and I just kept showing up and being absolutely blown away by the talent that was in the room with all my compatriots. Right. Because, you know, because I, I mean, I knew a few of them from doing a few voiceovers beforehand. But, you know, basically this was all of us, um, our first big foray into big American, you know, especially Saturday morning, you know, cartoons. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's kind of, it's surreal and it's a big deal, but at the same time, you kind of have to go, okay, I want to keep my job. So <laughs> do learn the lines, do the character the best I can. And, you know, and, and, oh my God, I, I heard some of the outtakes from the first season. Oh, that was so bad. That was horrible. But thank God I had lots of, you know, people helping me out and, you know, and going, Hey Maddie, I'm wondering you, you try it that way <laughs> you know that's uh well and something I, I wanted to ask you about with with this show specifically i know you said yeah. it was like one of your first um roles yeah. did you have any like preconceived notion in your head like how you thought the character was supposed to sound or was it oh, like yeah. a they they told you hey this is what we have in mind 
Yeah, well, it was, it was kind of both, right? It's like, you know, they they give you, a, like, you know, a picture of them. Um, and then, you know, we went in and we did the auditions. And then as as we got closer to getting cast, we would be with the other potentials that ended up being in the cast as well. Um, and then so at the very beginning, especially, we did lots of cast read-throughs. And so we practiced, not a, I mean, not a ton, I say, but now now we don't even do any read-through, really. Um, we just kind of like get there, get her done and, you know, get out as fast as we can. Cause you know, the producers always want to get it done as efficiently as possible. And, and uh, um, you know, back in the day, I think our, I think our first session probably, I think the first episode took two, two eight hour sessions, um, which is now it's a, it's a well-oiled machine of like four hours for, for one episode. Um, well, especially for like the principal cast. Um, so it was a, yeah, it was just so neat because, you know, like, again, I, I got to learn from, from people who were, I considered to be just the most amazingly talented people on the planet doing these voices that then I could learn from them. Right. And so, you know, I, so I, it was definitely a crash course in, you know, just sort of picking and choosing, okay, maybe I could try it like that. Or, and we also had really, really great director as well. Um, Greg Morton was just such a rock star. Um, you know, and so he also really took me under his wing because he, you know, he, you can definitely tell when someone's really green <laughs> and I was really green. Um, I mean, I think officially maybe I'd done three voiceover commercials prior to getting Captain N, right? So it was really being thrown into the deep end, um, you know, and, and, and for me, knowing, just knowing that like there was like people on the phone, you know, patched in from Los Angeles. I was just like, that was to me just like, Okay. So I was so excited, but I was so scared at the same time because I was thinking like, oh my God, you know, like, cause I still hadn't even been to LA yet to just even go as a tourist. Right. And, and so, you know, all I did was I sort of had this mythical, you know, magical creative land called LA, right. That, uh, you know, in this place called America, you know, it's, uh, which is like, you know, our next door neighbor. Right. But for me, it was just like, oh my God, it's larger than life. And, you know, kind of is, right? It's definitely the place where dreams come true. That's for sure. You know? What it was, I love hearing, you know, these behind the scenes stories because I feel like a, <clears throat> a lot of people are willing to pay it forward as far as, you know, helping out, you know, with those that may not be as experienced. So with you mentioning, you know, like having yeah. a great cast and having a great director it is is really cool because that's how the industry is going to continue to survive mm, those that have yeah. been in it yeah. pass on what they know and then you'll pass it on and then what you learn along the way and then they'll pass it on yeah. so it's that to me is just the the best way to learn is yeah. on the job oh 100% 100% you know um it's it's just like and you know also too it's like it's so funny because really they're just life uh, what do you call it? Life elemental success rule. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I completely shit the bed there, didn't I? It's like re the recipe for life success and an ease and a happy life is help people be kind to yourself and to others. And, you know, if somebody like kind of the proverbial poops the bed on a performance, don't make fun of them, help them. Right. You know, and, and so to me, that's where I was so grateful that I think I think in many ways because we were a lot of us in the same boat, we all really, really, really needed to all shine, and so we shone as a team, which I think was really kind of beautiful. And um, 
you know, I, I've heard that a lot about um, voiceover, especially like the voiceover community. Um, and, and certainly everyone in Canada and everyone I've worked with in the States, it's the same thing. It's just, a, it's just an incredible, unique set of people. Um, that, that to me, that's why I love doing it so much. Even now, like I, I am so stoked when I got it, when I get a call to get a new gig, because I know, okay, that 13 year old lives on inside me and I'm still, you know, like I, I made the right choice, you know, and, and it's just always this beautiful confirmation of, you know, you got a new gig, <laughs> you know, it's uh so I, I, I'm always just so grateful. Um, you know, um, it's, uh, one that it's helped me too through the slow times too, because, you know, being around this long too, you definitely go through slow periods where, you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't, Oh, I didn't book that either. Oh, Oh, I didn't book that either. Right. And, and then you go, Whoa, I hardly booked anything for, you know, a couple of years, but then you realize it kind of has a weird wild way of kind of working out. And as long as you're busy creating and also, I believe, um, asking yourself, okay, well, what am I being asked to maybe learn right now? Or am I just being asked to maybe rest and, you know, try some other things right now? So for me, I'm so grateful because it's, you know, for me, it's just like moving and running like a turtle slow and, you know, um, cause it, it really keeps me grounded, keeps me on purpose, keeps me, you know, in many ways being able to re I don't know, redefine or redesign or whatever. Right. Um, you know, what it is I want to do on this planet. Cause, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to be here. That's for sure. You mentioned turtle. Yeah. That's the other role that I wanted to ask you about. Turtles! So you're yeah. so you you asking the best questions, man. It's, it's like you're just, you're in my brain right now. It's the, the synergy. That's I love it. It's fantastic. It's how smart I am. I'm so smart. I'm so yeah, smart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to voice uh, Raphael, one of the Teenage yes. Mutant Ninja Turtles, in the third Ninja Turtles movie, as well as the Next Mutation TV series. Well, I, yeah, I was inside the suit for Raph. And oh, you were in the suit. Story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was the Kabuki okay. inside the suit. Um, and okay. originally I was going to look like I was going to be able to do Raph as well, the voice. Um, but then um, the gentleman who knocked it out of the park in the other two installments um, decided to come back and do it. And, you know, the guy's an incredible voice actor. So I'm so glad he did it. And uh, But then when they offered me Raph, um, to do the voice for next mutation, I was like, yo, 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 yes. Cause for me, it was just a nice way to wrap up, you know, my full experience of being Raph, you know, cause, uh, he's like, you know, he's my buddy, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good, so I feel honored to be part of that, to that franchise. Cause that's the same thing. That was literally my first big, again, same thing, you know, big us based show that I had zero idea how freaking popular it really was i had no idea i just you know like i said i didn't read industry papers i'm not a computer guy so i didn't really you know what i mean like i, I mean i went to movies and stuff but i was a little older than say the demographic group of being fans of going to the turtles i mean obviously i knew the turtles but dude like until we started shooting and we had like lineups down the like basically the complete side lot of the whole place we were shooting of people just wanting to like catch a glimpse of a turtle or, you know, come and meet us when we were on our breaks and stuff. And it was, <laughs> that's when I was like, Oh, 
very popular. <laughs> <laughs> and still are to this day. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the new, yeah. new Mayhem movie that came oh, out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Still, still a very relevant franchise. Yeah. So, oh, 100%. So with, you know, with, you, with you getting to kind of get both sides of the experience with being in the suit for mm -hmm. one project and then oh. being the voice for another, mm -hmm. how was the experience of, of physically being in the suit? Oh, I loved it because for me, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm very physical in my own life because I love like that. I mean, I've done like hundreds and hundreds of marathons and, you know, I've been part of a team of two that ran around North America. And then I just ran across Canada during COVID over the last couple of years. So I've, I've always wanted, I always just feel the world being out in the world is as far as I like, that's sort of, that's my best day kind of thing. So to be able to get RAF and then have to then train as a martial artist for, I guess, like six to eight months, they put me together with um, one of the most kick-ass human beings on the planet. His name is Shashir, and he was um, Michelangelo's stunt turtle. So he, no, sorry, he was Michelangelo's uh, martial arts turtle. And he's like a 10th degree black belt in um, Arnis. So like, you know, they put me together with him because he lived about uh, maybe 15 minute drive away from me up in Vancouver when we got, you know, cast for the roles. And they just said, here, go kick the shit out of Maddie because he has no idea what he's about to step into. And he did. He trained me into shape and um, I've never been kicked and punched and fallen into and, you know, like kicked myself in the face by accident. You know, when I picked up the size and I and, you know, started to think like I really knew how to do this. You know, that was that was Providence going like, oh, Tata, you have so much to learn, you know, knock myself out. No, nah, it was crazy. Um, but it was such a physically beautiful role that it really allowed me to, um, I guess, in many ways, go long for like the long haul of the day, as an example. It really helped me in my marathons because, you know, it's the similar sort of thing where you got to go, OK, being a turtle we would start getting um, dressed, right? Like, like we had our own, we had our dressers. Then it would take about two and a half to three hours to go from like just regular me to then being in full turtle gack. Um, and then once we got inside the suit, we were basically blind, deaf and dumb because they had, they basically you could see like basically like nothing out of the eyes. Um, so they would, I guess after we hit a, a whole bunch of walls, um, in fact, like the first camera test that we ever did it was really simple. Um, we had our puppeteers in our in our heads, right, on the communication thing. And all we had to do was walk like five steps into the middle of the subway car, right, on the set, and then a high five and say, Calbonga, and then walk off. That was our direction. And we <laughs> I'm I'm telling my my puppeteer Noel, um, who's Snuffleupagus um, from um, Sesame Street. Um, really? Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Uh, and Bear as well. Um, so um and I'm saying, no, I can't see anything. He's like, I know, I'll direct you. So he would literally, I would hear this just, you know, like, go go forward, like, two steps. And then he'd be like, stop. Okay, turn left a little bit. Okay, stop. And then we'd sort of do it that way. Because the first camera test, we walked together. We basically all missed each other. I high-fived the wall. Mikey high-fived his face. Like, it was just, it was such a shit show <laughs> that the, the producers are like, hmm this is not going to work. So they, they found a way to uh, basically, so when you watch the, you know, the classic, the movie, you can, you can sort of see in close-ups. If you look close enough, you can, you can see where we, they pulled the, uh, the eyelid down a little bit. So that they literally you could, it's like, if you, 
you know, had your eye closed and you looked out of one eye, you could sort of navigate to get around the set and stuff. Right. So, you know, and it's amazing because your body, body gets really used to navigating, basically being blind, you know, and, and I say uh, uh, deaf as well, because the, the technology of the, of the nineties, all the servos and everything were inside the turtle head and then all this stuff on the backpack as well. Right. And so it, all I would hear was, crash crash and then i hear the eyes and i'd sometimes hear noel in my in my headset you know stop <laughs> and then right hit a wall or i'd fall off the horse or whatever you know so it was uh oh it was good times <laughs> <laughs> well and what what's great is awesome. you know, d- despite you know, all of that, because mm-hmm. I, I've always found the the behind the scenes of those movies to be just as oh. fascinating as the movies themselves. Absolutely. They, they still hold up like yeah. that trilogy yeah. is one of my favorite trilogies yeah. of all time, because I, I agree. You, you mentioned the, the craze of Ninja Turtles. You know, I was at the right age for that. I've still got all my yeah. Turtles yeah. toys. Uh, you're from, getting mad, Derek. From, uh, you know, all three of the movies from the cartoon all of it like if it was turtles i had to have my hands on it so yeah. that yeah. that's so fascinating to to hear but with um the next mutation when you were the voice of raf yeah did you were you told to have a similar voice to the raf from the movies or did you get to have your own little spin on it because it was um, a yeah. different thing technically yeah definitely no i mean I, I definitely tried to honor um what the previous gentleman did in terms of because i thought his performance was out of this world um, and so I wanted to make sure that I, I could do as good or my own version of as good, if that makes sense. Um, and so I just, I'm a, man, I practiced it, you know, as much, as much sort of like New York version raff as I possibly could. Um, and, um, just, you know, went to town and, um, recorded and they didn't fire me. So I must've kept doing a half decent job, I guess, you know? So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny cause in hindsight, they, they originally offered me to get back in the suit again for the next mutation and and then also do um well I actually didn't know about the voice part yet but they initially asked me to be in to be the suit actor again and I was like ah you know ah nah you know what I think maybe because you know I, I just I don't know I'm I was stupid maybe and um and so then they went oh okay well but would you would you like to do the voice and I was like yes I would love to do the voice so, uh, so I was very grateful that, you know, in, in a sort of whatever, you know, karmic way I got to, me and Raf got to have that full journey together, you know? So, um, it was, uh, yeah, no, I feel very grateful because, uh, you know, to, like to this day, I, I still get invited to conventions to, you know, be able to like have, you know, sign a photo of Raf and, and these other cartoon characters, like even Captain N, if you can believe it, at a convention in Long Island a few weeks, or I guess back in middle of august um there was this kid this kid well he's a kid he's a man child now he's probably your age and literally comes up with this captain nintendo um box set thing or whatever he had and he's like my god dude i heard you were gonna be here he came all the way up from i think he came from boston or something like you know not in long island so you know he came a long way and that to me is such a like what an ode to the show is right you know, and, and how much they've meant to people and, you know, um, and same thing. It's like, um, you know, when I got to run around North America, um, we ran our marathons. And so we ran into all these schools and community events 
And it was the same thing, getting this in-person um, blast of recognition from, from kids and teachers. All I had to say you know, was like, hey, yo, 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 who wants to save the planet with Raphael? And, you know, and then I'd pull out Ed and, and you know, and Tenderheart from Care Bears. And people would just like lose their mind, but in a good way, because they would be like, oh, my God you know, Ninja Turtles helped me live by my own code. And, you know, I grew up in a really rough neighborhood and they really made me believe in myself. And, you know, I remember one teacher actually, um, probably the, the tallest man I've ever probably stood next to. He, and I understand now why, cause he used to play in the NBA, he said. <laughs> and, uh, but he said the Ninja Turtles um, affected his life in such a positive way. Cause he, I remember this cause he was actually tearing up and he said, seriously thank you for what you chose to do and, and and i was thanking him and he said no i thank you because my dad was not a, a nice man uh we lived in a really like basically the projects and watching ninja turtles he said helped me live by my own code and he said it actually was the early catalyst of them him not joining a gang but instead becoming a teacher Wow. Yeah. I mean, goosebumps again for, it's yeah. just, you know, and, and, and he's thanking me and I'm like, so we just, you know, we had this, you know, very short me and very tall him, you know, moment of just authenticity that, you know, I mean, uh, to me, I go, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, um, it's like, I don't take it lightly, you know, cause um, you know, like I realized these, these two franchises in particular, and, I mean, a few of them, but, but really, um, Ninja Turtles and, and Ed, Ed and Eddie um, and Captain N because it started it all, but really has been the catalyst, I think, in, in many ways, the rules of my life that I had no idea they were going to be the rules of my life. Because well, they, what, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say what's great is, you know, in addition to all these roles and you've mentioned, you know, going to different conventions, yeah. um, you've also done some some speaking as well. Like I watched a TED Talk that you did. Oh. I want to say it was back in... 2016 about uh, like the, the hero you. mentality the hero mindset yes and there's there's so much negativity that's going on in the world you know with what we see on the news or on social media yeah. i really love that you're trying to spread a positive message thank you like i, yeah. I really really enjoyed it awesome thank you derek um yeah it's like i say it's my honor because i i feel like my my choice at 13 to be an actor has and then also, you know, what I call it's just like a turtle planet runner has has helped me sort of it's helped me define my own path. It's helped me um, stay on my path when, you know, when my life got rough as well. And, um, you know, I mean, I had a sister that passed away um, uh, when I was 21. And, you know, it just some things that really could have really rocked my world as well, just like all of us have had to face in our lives. Right. Um, and so you know, running and living by my own code and then being able to um, know that the choice that I made at 13 continues to confirm by getting new gigs, but then at the same time, then being now celebrated for those roles to be invited to meet people again like that. It's just like, to me, <laughs> you know, um, this is, I mean, you know, I always keep saying, it's like, I, I want to live to be 104 so that like they, you know, they basically got to kick me out of the arena, you know, <laughs> so like, all right, you got to go now. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, okay, I got one more. Who, who wants to hear it? You know, so it's a, uh, so I'm going to stick around as long as they all have me, you know? So. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. 
Uh, as we start to wrap up here, um, I did want to ask you, do you have uh, a website or social oh, media yeah. that you'd like to plug so the viewers and sure. listeners can follow you? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but my, uh, yeah, my website is, uh, so Matt Hill, so Matt dash, so comma Hill, uh, .com, uh, is my website. Uh, and then basically all the other stuff's on there as well. Um, run for one planet's on there. Um, you know, I guess, it, and in many ways, I always say to the people that I get to get to talk to, say in this forum and then, you know, kids live and, and, and all the events that I do. Um, I really just say, you know, like believe in your dream as well. And um, as we all know, we all came here to be superheroes in our life. Right. And so, you know, know that that hero lives inside you always, you know, and, uh, um, and you know, and, and don't forget to tell yourself that, right. Because, you know, it's uh, it's an honor to meet you and, um, you know, be able to, you know, I'm in my 55th year. That's what blows my mind. I'm like, what? How does that happen? You know? And uh, to me, that's just like, wow. You know? And so that's why I say, I'm, I'm going to stick around as long as they'll have me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat with me. It's been an honor. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. It's an honor to meet you as well, Derek, for sure. Thank you, man. Thank you again to Matt Hill for that awesome conversation. Be sure to check out his website, matt-hill.com. The link is also in the show notes to find out more information about some of his previous work, what he's doing currently. Uh, just really, really fun chat, and I so appreciate him taking the time to chat with me on the show. And speaking of exciting, next week I'm really excited to chat with next week's guest. I was a huge fan of Nickelodeon growing up, and mostly the cartoons, but there were some great live-action shows and game shows as well. And one of the shows that stood out to me was Nick Arcade. Growing up an only child, I loved playing video games, and Nick Arcade obviously was one that I was immediately drawn to. It was hosted by Phil Moore, and Phil Moore will be the guest for next week's show. So definitely come back and check that out. I can't wait to talk with him about Nick Arcade and some other aspects of his career as well. And if you want to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode, or if you want to follow me on social media, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, everything is in one convenient location, linktree.com slash Podcast. You can head to that link. Everything Derek Diamond Experience is there. Linktree.com slash Podcast. And if you could, please leave a review. I know I say this at the end of every episode, but it really does help. Uh, the more reviews and ratings that the show gets, the more visible it is to those that are searching for different types of podcasts. In this case, entertainment podcasts, filmmaking podcasts. It really does help. It only takes a minute of your time, and it doesn't cost anything. So with that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you once again to Matt Hill, and we'll see you guys back here next week for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast.